Well, hello everyone. Can everyone hear me? I hope so. Yes, they can. All right, that confirms that they can. Um, good evening. Welcome. Zoom audience, welcome. Um, welcome, Facebook audience. Welcome, Cloud of Witnesses. Welcome, lovers of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, yay. <laughs> Shout out. Gay family, how many of you were blessed by <laughs> Hansi Topaz's ministration yesterday? So beautiful, right? Oh man, uh, the book was so interactive. I feel like everyone had like something that you could bring to the table, and directing as well. Now we're going in the right direction. Okay, so I have sent the links out, and um, everyone has received an update that we are live, we are ready to go. By the mercy and grace of God, I will not sweat. <coughs> Excuse me. Throughout the course of today's session. And I'm trusting the Lord that I'm going to be as cool, as, as cool and as smooth as I can be. <laughs> That's necessary. Go. <clears throat> I 
it's uh, the audio down. Man, am I sure I should? Oh, I know why. Sound is trading off. Can you all hear me? <clears throat> Can you all hear me? Am I loud and clear right now? Let me make sure I am. Better. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, sometimes the audio kind of fights with any human voices. Um, I don't know why Zoom does that. You can play audio, but sometimes it like prioritizes the audio you're playing over your own voice. But anyways, we're here, we're live. I think we're good to go. And um, let's get the show going. Well, hello everyone. Um, happy Wednesday, amen. Happy day of the Lord, because every day is the Lord's day, amen. Let me minimize here our little um, window there. I think we're live. And so um, we can get this party going. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for all you're doing. We thank you for all you're doing. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. We say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for bringing us, Lord Jesus, into this beautiful family, into this beautiful fellowship that we have with you. We say thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so first of all, I want to promise everyone I'm going to shave. I'm going to get a haircut. Amen. And the horror you guys have been through um, will come to an end. And y'all, your love walk um, will no longer be tested. Amen. So that season of trial will be coming to an end very soon. Amen. <laughs> so forgive me for everyone that has been bearing with me. Um, I only trust one barber. I tried cutting my hair with um, someone else. And let's just say I only trust one barber. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I want to thank you all for being here. Um, Pastor Francis Hebo sends his love and his greetings. I think he just joined us. Um, welcome, Papa. We love you so much. Um, welcome, Mr. Osasere. I do care. I feel like I know you. Um, welcome, Mrs. Renita. So good to see everyone. Okay. And Facebook audience, you are also welcome. I can't thank you by name because, well, I can't see y'all. I don't have a, a, um, a lead, um, a feed, sorry, showing me the names of the people on Facebook. Amen. But I'm sure there are more in number than the stars in the sky amen <laughs> all right so um a few quick things just a quick reminder um our prayer stretch kicks off tomorrow so um upcoming events that's past events there we go upcoming so our prayer stretch kicks off tomorrow you want to be a part of this um you want to simmer you want to you want to you want to blow up amen you really want to allow the lord to break into your heart and our goal is to keep on with different um, prayer postures, um, break ourselves down so the Lord can have an inroad into our hearts. Amen. And at the same time, one major place would be stretching ourselves in is an intercession. We want to grow out of ourselves and allow the Lord to express himself so that he can flow through us during the immersion. Amen. Oftentimes we put the weight of administration on the ministers of the gospel that are holding the microphone when not knowing that um, we all have our part to play in the presentation of Jesus Christ. Actually, that ties us into what we were talking about last time, right? We spoke about how um, the Lord wanted tabernacle families, right? Amen. And in these families, what would happen is you'd find families that were candlestick communities, families that were Ark of the Covenant communities, families that were um, brazen altar communities, amen. And their goal in each of these families was to make sure that they were giving proper expression to the Lord in that unique dimension, if that makes sense, amen. So you see an emphasis, um, the Lord will bring 
hallelujah, where he would um, 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 demand for something and a family would meet that demand. And because of that family bringing that thing forth, you find that there is, amen. And these were not just, the fam- this is not just the family of Moses. This is the family of Israel, amen, as in all the different 12 tribes. And I think I've shown a few graphics and a few things that will explain some of that, amen. So, um, um, yes, so y'all being present, amen. Um, the minister of the gospel has his role to play, but that's not the only role that's to be played, amen. As a community of believers, amen, our goal is to bring the fullness of Jesus Christ to the platform. If you check, if there's no powerful man of God that was able to end this age, even Jesus Christ himself, he needs his body to end the age, amen? And he is the Supreme Lord, but he clearly said, right, that what? Greater things shall you do. Hallelujah. It is so important that we understand this, that this reality does not reduce the awesomeness that is Jesus Christ, amen? He very simply has done the work for us, but he wants that work that he has done hidden inside of us to be brought forth. Those are the greater works, hallelujah, amen? But make no mistake, those works are still inside. There's still a hope that is yet to be seen. Hope that is seen is no longer hope. It becomes faith, the substance of things hoped for, hallelujah. And um, I think I just saw Francis Demi joining. What's up, buddy? How you doing, man? All right, so um, we can keep this going. So last time we spoke about Adam and the gene pool and, and heritage and and basically fishing for key genes that are meant to be present in each generation. And we showed how Adam was aware of this and he raised up his family with this inclination in his mind. And we showed this with Abraham as well and with David and with Solomon, with Elijah, with Elisha, amen. The whole point was explaining this beautiful window or picture of generations. This fully perfect image of Jesus Christ, amen is scattered through different time, amen, um, timelines, through different generations, through different ages. And the Lord's goal is that we, at the end of the ages, amen, we will be the finishing generation that absorbs everything. Our unique presentation of God is the fullness. You, you keep on seeing, let me show you an emphasis the Lord brought about the creatures that's, there's something called sealing up the sum, amen. You see this in Ezekiel chapter 28, not chapter two, Amen. And we're going to be spending a bit of time in Ezekiel to understand a few things. Amen. Ezekiel 28. Ka Thank you, Jesus. Um, Hallelujah. We thank you for grace, Lord God. We thank you for understanding. We thank you for the wisdom, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might. We thank you, Lord God. 
We are we we heed your word. We respond to you when you speak. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, I don't know what that was, but um, son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Hallelujah. This is the picture of the finishing, okay? The capstone. You, you keep on seeing, um, this is talking about Lucifer here, amen? Lucifer was meant to be um, um, an entity that sealed up, all right? I think in um, the regular King James, it says, um, thou sealest up the sum, yes. Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. So you're seeing an entity that brings everything to its fullness by counting, okay? So when you look at the book of Revelations, chapter 7, of the tribe of Issachar, 12,000, the tribe of Judah, 12,000, the tribe of Levi, 12,000, right? You're seeing that at the end of the ages, the Lord needs a specific count, a sum that is to be measured. Amen? Basically, just like how Noah built the ark, the Lord will be giving measurements. Amen? And one of the measurements that has been given to us as a community, I'm sure we are all aware of this. Amen? Let me pull this out. Amen? This is a beautiful um, picture of what is happening right now, right? Sorry, wrong image. Let me pull out the correct ones, the prophetic word we have. Sorry. I don't know. Why did I go there? Amen. <laughs> I feel they tug of the cherubim. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. In the seven years were meant to bring forth the witnesses of Kenneth Hagin, Moses, and John the Baptist. Amen. Now, what's happening is that these people are measurements. These people are numbers. Amen. And the wisdom that God has shed all throughout the scriptures. Amen is that you would see a person has a specific number associated with them. And oftentimes you're going to see that people who are in that prophetic, who have that same prophetic spirit would also have those same numbers around them. I'll give you a quick example. Here is someone in the Bible referred to as Job, amen? The book of Job chapter one, let's look at this real quick. The Bible says there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. That man was perfect and upright and one who feared God and eschewed evil. Now pay, it, pay attention here, okay? They were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. First of all, this man was where? He was in the land of Uz, okay? Hallelujah. They born to him seven sons and three daughters, okay? So seven and three. Just pay attention to that, okay? His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels. Can you see that? And then 500 yoke of oxen and 500 sea asses, okay? She asses, sorry. Hallelujah. What you're seeing here, amen, is the sum, all right? that the ministry of the spirits of God in Job's life was bringing about in his business. Brothers and in Christ, Job was a seeker of God that was able to download spiritual operations into his business, such that when Satan was trying to attack him, Satan needed to challenge Job, amen, at only the appointed time when the sons of God could gather. At no other time could Satan have an inroad into Job's life. Why? Because there was a hedge of protection that surrounded every single thing about Job. Surrounded his children, hallelujah, surrounded his business. That was why when Satan got permission in Job chapter one, the, look at the things that, that the enemy struck. Struck, first of all, um, his business, then from there, his family, amen? Why? Because there was no other way Satan could have touched him. This man was severe, amen? This is what God is bringing us into at the end of the ages, where there will be no reason why Satan would have any access to our lives except for the access given because it is written concerning us. What do I mean by this? 
There are things in your life, Paul spoke about them, amen, that you're meant to grow through, amen. Um, Paul said this, I saw the Lord three times that this thorn in the flesh that came from this messenger of Satan will be taken away from me, amen. Now, three times he sought the Lord, the Lord gave him this response, amen. My grace is sufficient, for my strength is made perfect in your weaknesses. In other words, Paul's um, thorn in the flesh that he was going through at that point in time, amen, was meant to bring about a perfection of God's strength in his life. It wasn't that Paul had to endure some sickness. That's not the story here, okay? That's what many people think it is, okay? Paul was not sick, I can assure you, amen? If you study the scriptures very carefully, you will see that Paul gloried in his tribulation. And that tribulation that he gloried in, amen, is what he called the thorn in his flesh, where city after city, he was being mobbed, beaten with rods, amen, flogged, amen, and basically persecuted everywhere. He was made a spectacle across the world. Across the known world at the time, it was almost shameful to be known as an apostle, as Apostle Paul specifically. Apostles had more honor to them, but Apostle Paul, it was almost shameful, kind of embarrassing, just how he would be treated like trash everywhere he went to. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, and so all of this was that thorn, that thorn in the flesh. Amen. Apart from these thorns in the flesh that were meant to grow through where God's strength is perfected in us. That's the only reason we go through them. Everything else is meant to be shut down. Amen. You see sickness in your life, shut it down. Don't listen, don't say, ah, this headache, your grace is sufficient for me. Don't believe that nonsense. Amen. Don't listen to that. No matter the sickness, no matter the disease, we as believers are meant to exercise ourselves out of them. No matter how small, no matter how big. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So um, um, what you find, hallelujah, is that um, this man, Job, excelled in this way. Why am I bringing this guy out? Amen. These numbers. Amen. A, a ceiling of the sum. Amen. Because of the work of God done in this man, there was some kind of perfection, some kind of beauty. Amen. In his workplace, in his family. Amen. The fruits of that same thing had no inroad into his life. Hallelujah. This is what God wants for us at the end of the age. We're meant to seal up the sum. We're meant to be um, um, perfect in beauty. Is that what the, I don't have the verse any, anymore here on the screen. Amen. Now, why am I saying all of these things? Amen. I, I want us to understand something. I've said this before. I've taught some of the things I'm about to say now before. Amen. But I'm going to show it in a different way. Amen. We are not the only ones interested in sealing up the sum. Hallelujah. We are not the only ones. Dare I say, you know, when you study, we've explained this before, right? We're not the only ones who are feasting on the Lord. Amen. We're not the only ones that are looking to become the tabernacle, all right? A living tabernacle on the earth. There are human beings, some knowingly, some unknowingly, amen. Some by deception, of course, amen, who are being taken on a journey of civilization with a climax or an endpoint in becoming a tabernacle, but not for God, amen, but for a, an entity you, you don't want to be a part of, amen. And we've explained before this entity is Babylon, the climax, which is the, the kingdom of the Antichrist. Amen. This is the vision that Nebuchadnezzar saw in Daniel chapter three. Amen. Chapter two, sorry. Amen. Daniel chapter two. Amen. And this is what he built in chapter three. Amen. Which is uh, what we, we can refer to as the mark of the beast. Let me just show that to anyone who is joining. I think everyone here, everyone here has heard me, heard me preach about this before, right? The mark of the beast. Um, the statue, Nebuchadnezzar's statue, how they're the same thing. Nebuchadnezzar's statue is just a, pre, pre, a predecessor, amen, an archetype that exists that came beforehand, amen. But then there's the actual fullness or fulfillment of that seen in the mark of the beast, amen. Everyone here should have, if you haven't, let me know, okay, because I'm about to drift away. So if you pull me back when I'm in this ballpark, 
then that's good timing on your part. Okay, so let me know if you don't understand what I'm what I'm talking about right now. Amen. So Nebuchadnezzar's vision, all of those things or whatever. Amen. Um, of the man, the segmented man, head of gold, the chest of silver, the thighs and loins of bronze. Amen. The legs of iron and then the feet of iron mixed with clay. Hallelujah. The fruits of all of those things, beloved, is that um, you end up with a man, amen, that is completely rebellious to God. And this man is the product of the seven kingdoms of this age, amen. These kingdoms we've explained before, they are Egypt, Assyria, in order it's Assyria, then Egypt, then Babylon, then Persia, amen, then Greece, then Rome, and then the kingdom of the Antichrist, amen. All of these seven kingdoms, amen, they are meant to bring about, all right, an influence, amen, that shapes, that conforms, amen, into a specific image. Now, we've explained before that images are tabernacles, right? When God said, let's make man in our image after our likeness, we've explained before that what God was saying was, I want to build a tabernacle. For this reason, we have the seven feasts, amen? Satan also wants to build a tabernacle, right? For this reason, we have the seven kingdoms of this world, amen? And their end goal is to bring humanity to the climax, amen, which is what we refer to as the mark of the beast, amen? Now, the mark of the beast, amen, is not only seen in the book of Revelations chapter 13. It's a theme you see all throughout scripture. You see it in the book of Genesis chapter 4, when the Bible says that God, God, puts a mark on Cain. We know that it wasn't God that did that, amen? Just like how the Bible says that an evil spirit from God came upon Saul. God did not do that. Just like the Bible says that God shall release strong delusion on those that do not believe his word. God cannot do that. God doesn't have delusion to give anyone, amen? Um, just like the Bible says um, that God, when God confessed and said that, look at what you made me do to Job. God did not harm Job's property. God did not harm Job's children. Satan did. Amen. But you see, you're, you know, you're seeing in scripture, the Bible explaining here that God puts a mark on Cain. God did not put a mark on Cain. Amen. Hallelujah. Satan's, amen. Say Satan. Um, Cain's backsliding is what scarred him. Hallelujah. And that, that journey of departing from the presence of God scarred um, Cain's soul. It seared his conscience. The fruit of that was that a beast. Amen was now domiciled on the inside of his heart. The Bible says that sin lies at your door, Cain. You should rule over it. Do not let it rule over you. Hallelujah. So we see it there. We also see it, right, in um, Nebuchadnezzar's statue. And um, it's also mentioned or alluded to in the story of the Tower of Babel, when they said, let us make a name for ourselves, right? Let us build a city and a tower whose top reaches into heaven. And I've explained before what they were trying to build is literally a tabernacle for Satan. Has anyone here not heard me say that? If you haven't heard me say that before, I will explain what that means. Amen. So I'm going to give you roughly a minute. I'm just going to run through it. And then if no one says anything, I'm going to continue past it. Okay. So again, the Tower of Babel is not a very tall building. Amen. The Tower of Babel was actually a tabernacle, a temple. The word Babylon literally means the gate or the bab means gate okay babel means bab elohim it means the gate of god amen babel does not mean confusion but there is a cognate word okay or a homophone homophonic word a word that sounds like um bab like babel 
that means confusion, okay? What God just did was that God released judgment on them. As God came to, and it was a feast day, and then God manifested himself on a pointed day, sorry, an appointed time, or a Kronos, um, Kairos moment, sorry. And when God manifested on that Kairos moment, um, confusion broke out as judgment upon them. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What Babel means is Bab, the gate of Elohim. Okay, Babylon means the gate of the most high ones. Okay, that is the highest gate of the Elohims. Amen. El Elyon means God most high. Amen. Elyon means highest, right? So that is what Babylon was. It was a gate. Please, gate. The word is gate, not tall building, portal. Amen. Door. That's why they said, let us build a city and a tower whose top reaches into heaven. Let me ask you a question. The city of God in, in book of Revelation chapter 21, where is it ascending from? Amen? Why is that the city of God is where the tabernacle of God is with men? You see, when Satan is setting out to do things, all he can do at the very best is to what? To corrupt, amen? To distort, to pervert, amen? To twist, amen? What you see in Babylon is a perversion of what God originally had in mind at the Tower of Babel. I hope everyone understands. Amen. God originally had in mind in the city of God in Zion, not that the Tower of Babel. Amen. The Tower of Babel was where the perversion and distortion took place. Hallelujah. Hope everyone understands. So you're going to see all throughout time, there's all these archetypes. Amen. And, and even in the, you know, the vision that we see in Revelation 13 of, of, the, of the beast that ascends out of the sea. Amen when scripture is written. That was not the first time that that thing ever happened. Amen. That was this, you know, um, 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 th that was seen first in the book of Daniel chapter seven, when Daniel was standing by the seashore, right? And he saw four beasts, all diverse one from another, emerge out of the sea. And they corresponded to the four different kinds of metal that the man um, Nebuchadnezzar saw in Daniel chapter three was made of. Chapter two, sorry. Hallelujah. I'm sure if anything I'm saying is confusing, let me know. Amen. And so you check and you see, you study the scriptures very carefully and you discover that, oh, wow, the winged lion, amen, the leopard with the four wings, the bear that's standing up and the unrecognizable beast, this corresponds to each of these four kingdoms. Amen. And then later on, you see the beast that Daniel had difficulty describing, the last beast, the fourth beast, in Revelations chapter 13, amen, as the beast that has seven heads and 10 horns, amen. And we know that all of the heads were full of names of blasphemy, amen. That creature that Daniel, um, well, he technically did he see, I can't even say he saw it really. He had difficulty seeing it, it was difficult to discern or to judge that entity, amen. Hallelujah. Um, that was the difficulty that he had, he, ex he gave expression to, but John was able to see it clearly and he described it very fluently with a lot of skill, amen? And he described this creature, amen, as having all the attributes of all of the other kingdoms. So you see the, let me just, for the sake of, you know, correspondence and everyone understanding, quick jump into the book of Daniel. The first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and vision on his head, upon his bed, and he wrote them down and said, I saw in verse two, I saw my vision by night, behold, four winds of the heavens strove upon the great sea. Four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion, had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth. 
and made to stand upon its feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second like unto a bear, and it raised up itself on one side. It had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it, and they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I beheld, and lo, another like a leopard. Okay, so you're seeing three beasts, right? The lion, the bear, and the leopard. Isn't it interesting that David killed the lion and the bear before he killed Goliath? Ha ha ha. Amen. So when you read um, Revelations chapter 13, you're going to see all of these features of the lion and the bear. We don't look at the, we're not looking at the fourth beast right now because the fourth beast, according to Daniel chapter 7, was a little difficult to describe. Okay? So let's take a look here. I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea. Amen? Isn't it interesting? You don't see this, the four winds driving upon the sea here. Okay? Having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. That was the third beast in Daniel chapter 7. And his feet were like the feet of a bear. That was the second beast in the book of Daniel chapter 7. And his mouth as the mouth of a lion. That was the first beast in Daniel chapter 7. Hallelujah. So can you see that even entities, agents of darkness, they understand the power of inheritance. They understand spiritual principles. Please hear me out, okay? All spirituality is built on this foundation. There is no prophetic anything without inheritance. I'm going to say this again. There is no prophetic anything. There is no spiritual anything without inheritance. Spirits, they work with families. We need to just accept this truth. Now, it's unfortunate that the family structure has been heavily bastardized, amen, by sin, amen, and by, you know, all these different agendas and all these different things. But please, beloved, make no mistake in what God's agenda is. God wants communities of candlesticks. God wants communities, amen, of arcs of the covenant. And he is not playing around. It's all over the scriptures. Why is Abraham called the father of faith? The emphasis, amen, is in what Abraham did. I know him. He will command his children and his household after him to do righteousness and justice. That God might do what he wants to do. Amen. Spirits attach themselves to families. That's why you have people that have familiar spirits in their families. You have people that are, are demonized, basically. They're entity just demonized um, because of the family they were born into. Amen? You find people that, um, and that's why when you become a child of God, one of the first things that happens to you is that your heritage must change, right? God addresses you now as his child, right? The spirit of God bears witness with your spirit that you are the child of God. Isn't Jesus so beautiful? Hallelujah. Amen? You are disconnected from all the spirits attached to that family, and you've been engrafted to a new family. Amen. The family of God. Hallelujah. And that family of God has tribes, <laughs> has clans, has houses, right? Has kindreds, has tongues. The tongues of the spirit. Hallelujah. Tongues of fire. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope everyone understands. Amen. You're going to see. Let's take a look at the scripture so I can hammer this. Amen. Hebrews chapter 7. Let's take a look here at um, uh, this dude, Melchizedek. Um, let's start from verse 6. The Bible says here about Melchizedek, whose descent is not counted from them, received tithes from Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. And beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the greater. Here men who die receive tithes, 
but there he receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. So Melchizedek is still alive today, all right? This is why we know Melchizedek is not Jesus. It says it right here, of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Is it Jesus that we need witness that he's alive? <laughs> is everyone listening? Is everyone listening? <laughs> Hallelujah. Do we need witness that Jesus Christ is alive? Amen. The foundation of your Christian faith is that you are born again because, okay, we, that right there is the evidence you need, okay? Of whom it is witness that he lives. And as I may say, I'm as, and as I may so say, Levi also, who receives tithes, pay tithes through Abraham. Can you see this? So what, what the Bible is showing us here is how Levi entered into priesthood in the loins of Abraham. In other words, an ancestor's actions, amen, were determining the spiritual, amen, hallelujah, uh, um, um, will I say placement of a descendant. So you see Abraham, all right, moving forward, hallelujah, in it as a specific kind of family, his children born after him, amen, capture attributes of that direction that he's going in. Does that make sense? That's why if you love alcohol, um, um, you love immorality, um, you give yourself to holding offense, grudges, you, you like worry. As you're doing all of these things, you're not doing them in isolation. You are carrying your heritage along with you, spiritual and biological. Amen? Hallelujah. This is where repentance has to be genuine, right? It has to be blood deep, if that makes sense. We, that's why the blood of Jesus Christ washes and cleanses us from sin. Amen? To make sure there's no stain affecting anyone past you. Hallelujah. It is actually a very serious deal. Amen. This is why as believers, the blood of the lamb is what we plead. Irrespective of how righteous we think we are, we plead the blood. Our righteousness springs from Jesus Christ, not from our works. Amen. Okay. So um, we can see here from this scripture, all right? The Bible is showing us here that Levi, because of what Abraham did, amen, Levi paid tithe. Hmm. Let me show us another scripture. Amen. About priesthood and ancestry, just to drive this even long, even further. Amen. The Bible says in Melchizedek, whose descent is not counted from them. Sorry, this is a wrong verse. Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he that said to him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten you. Did you see what the Bible is saying here? The Bible is saying here that when Jesus Christ was called to be a high priest, he was called by heritage. Let's take a look again. Let's keep, let's keep, let's keep it on, okay? Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. And he says also, in another place, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Are you seeing this? The Bible is letting us know here that heritage and priesthood are connected. Can, can you see this? So when you see, um, uh, when you see, When you see, someone whose dad was an Oboni, that's what the term, right? Whatever, okay? And you see the spirits chasing after one of the children. You can understand why. Is everyone listening? You can understand why. Heritage is loud. I'm gonna say it again. Everyone listen, everyone say that to me, okay? One, two, three, go. Heritage is loud. 
Wait, say it one more time, okay? Heritage is loud. Yes. As believers, we need to learn this thing. The Pharisees in the scriptures, you check them when they would see Jesus Christ performing miracles, they desired, where is this thing coming from? There was a reason they asked that question because they know spiritual power has its origins. Amen. Spiritual power has its origins. Spirits, they work with families. They work with cultures. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> Amen. With this wisdom, you can see why Satan is, is trying to break the orthodox family structure, even break the biological family structure. How? Because he did all of these things. Apart from things like the weird food that we're eating, we're finding nowadays is food that is just not just hazardous for your health, but some of it is tampering with your, ge your genealogy, your genes. Amen. There's all these forms of farm. I have to be very careful. I spoke about a specific kind of injection some people have were forced to receive recently. And we got a community guide, community strike on our YouTube page. I've been joking about this thing for years. I was shocked. So these guys, they are really that cowardly that they will not let you speak against something that is killing people. You know, over 50% of people that have died from this very famous disease, over 50% have received the supposed jab. I wouldn't say what another word. I hope, I hope the word jab is not a key word. <laughs> uh, but the, you will see those statistics on CNN. You won't see any of those reports online. Hallelujah. When we say, what? <laughs> hallelujah, cold blood. Hallelujah. <laughs> but they're giving, giving us community guideline strike, community strike that we must keep with the community guidelines. When what, what? Hallelujah, whatever. I know they don't care about human life. So, um, and you can tell, amen. If you think your government loves you, you're deceiving yourself. I'm sure we in Nigeria, we know this, right? We're not, we're not that naive to think that <laughs> our government loves us. <laughs> Is it for rice? <laughs> Is it for Gary? Hallelujah. Please vote with wisdom. Okay, so um, you would see that, um, 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 I have to be very careful with, yes. They're tampering with genes. They're tampering with bloodlines, amen, with some of these things. Have they already blocked me? Is anyone, can anyone hear me? <laughs> can y'all hear me? Anyway, it has started. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. All right, cool. I wasn't sure. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> never, you never can be too sure. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, so um, loud and clear. Awesome. So you'd see that um, apart from those other things, the food that we're eating and different things like that, um, there's also this other, these other things like um, people injecting themselves with hormones and um, this LGBT plus, LGBTQ plus agenda. And so many other things that are all at play to fragment and fracture the family structure. Okay. While all of this is taking place, tools for shepherding and adjusting the culture of different people are being found on our devices. Amen. You're going to find that now you can be in your house, play your worship music, and all the different nice things. Amen. But your child is being groomed by an evil spirit because of his cell phone, because of his laptop, amen, because of his television. Discipleship is ongoing where young people are being taught priesthood, amen, by different spirits 
eventually their genes will be tampered with. And you will see them one day manifesting something and you ask a question, where did you learn this from? Why are you saying this? I am the, the, the father, the parents are the sources, right? Of the discipleship, of the genes, of the culture, right? Heritage is meant to be loud in the life of every child. But Satan has figured out a way because this family business that God is trying to, you know, um, 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 you know, use to save people because salvation is for you and your household. This family business, let's just wreck the entire thing and force my system upon the earth, amen? What you now find is that instead of um, parents becoming the source of everything, parents supply a measure of genetic information, but as soon as that child is born, work begins to conform that child to specific genetics. Now, someone would ask me, why am I saying all of these things? You know how I said before that different families are meant to represent different parts of the tabernacle and to have candlestick families and to have Judah families, Levi families, amen? They're meant to have um, 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 brazen labor families, hallelujah. All of these operations here, amen, were originally stewarded by angels of God. If you read the book of Revelation, you're going to look at different angels ministering to God at different posts. Gabriel appeared on a specific side of the altar of incense when Zechariah was ministering to the Lord. And he says, I am Gabriel, and I stand in the very presence of the Lord. Why was he saying those things, all right? You see the Bible make reference to things like the altar of incense and all these different things or whatever. Do not just think in your mind there's this building or this block or this, this solid piece of gold, and it's carved a specific way, and angels are now offering incense there. I can assure you that's not what's happening, amen? What's happening is that operations of God, amen, and these angels are stewarding. Right, those operations of God are able to capture the functionality of the brazen altar. They're able to capture the functionality of the brazen labor. Look at the Ark of the Covenant for crying out loud. What the heck is this thing we call the mercy seat? It is literally cherubim. Amen. It's just the overshadowing wings of cherubim. That is literally what this is. Amen. This thing here we call the candlestick. Amen. The seven spirits of God. Amen. Corresponds. Amen. To seven operations of the Holy Spirit. Many of these things, okay, the creation of these things that have been distributed among angels of God. There's angels of God called the wisdom of God. There's an angel of God called the might of God. That's what Gabriel means. That's the spirit of might, beloved. I must say that the spirit of might, which is the Holy Spirit, and Gabriel are the same. That's not what I am saying, okay? I explained before that angels, they have caricatures of the names of God. Amen? And I say caricatures because they cannot bear the weight of the actual name of God. However, they have the ability to unlock the name of the Lord on the inside of you. And that ability to do that is what gives them the right to be called names like the might of God. Because I can help you discover the might of God. Does that make sense? Or I can help you unlock the might of God. They themselves cannot carry it. In a vision, you might see them carrying steroids or carrying um, dumbbells. But I can assure you, as in the prophetic vision, but I can assure you, all right, what they're bringing to you, some kind of equipping, some kind of impartation, some kind of season of God that is meant to bring about in your life, work inside of you the strength of God. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say here is that when you are seeing these things, it is angels of God you're actually seeing everywhere. How do I know this? When the angel of God called out to Moses out of the burning bush, the angel said, take a sandal off your feet for the place where you're standing on is holy ground. Amen? When you look at the walls, of the temple that Solomon built, that David designed, you're going to see cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers. 
okay? That means the angels of God are what? They form the perimeter. They form that canopy that God is found inside of. Bible says that God says, I will dwell in the thick, in the thick darkness. Bible says that the, the chariots of God are 10,000 times 10,000. Let's, let's, let's just, for the, for the sake of this or whatever, do some research into this, amen? Um, hallelujah. The chariots of the Lord are 10,000 time, times 10,000, all of them appearing in Zion. That's Psalm 68, 17. The chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. The Lord is among them as in Sinai in the holy place. What that verse is saying there is that in Sinai, in the holy place, the chariots of God came. Now, that holy place is where whenever, what you call the holy place is that place where they all congregate. Does that make sense? If you have a congregation of, of, of the chariots of God in your bedroom, your bedroom becomes the holy place. Does that make sense? That's what happened at Sinai. That's what happens wherever God's chariot. The chariot is use a portable, portable house. Does that make sense? Right? A, a vehicle for getting you somewhere. Amen? So you, you would see, let me show you some more, some more verses of scripture where I can explain this. Amen? Um, there's a verse, I think it's Psalms 80. You who dwell in the midst of the cherubim shine forth. Amen? That's a reference to Almighty God that he dwells in the midst of the cherubim. Amen? Hallelujah. God said that he would dwell in the thick darkness. This is in 2 Chronicles chapter 6. Hallelujah. Then said Solomon, the Lord has said that he would dwell in the thick darkness, but I've built a house of habitation for thee and a place for thy dwelling forever. So what is the correlation here? Amen. The temple that Solomon built that had paintings of angels on the walls. Amen. Solomon now says, you said that you would dwell in the thick darkness. I have now built you a house. So somehow that house in the thick darkness must somehow be synonymous. Amen. The reason why was because of David's blueprints. He knew how to etch out, amen, shadows, amen, of this, uh, that corresponded to this, to these angelic operations with the intent that that thick darkness that God dwells in, amen, hallelujah, will be found inside the temple. Just to give you some more scriptures, here's Ezekiel chapter one. Hallelujah. Verse four, I looked and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north. The word for north in Hebrew, that word for north in Hebrew, it means um, 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 hidden, right? Not seen. Another word could be dark, okay? So behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself and a brightness was about it. And out of the midst of thereof as a color of amber, out of the midst of fire, and now to the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures, okay? Now, you're going to see later on that in the midst of these creatures, that was where God was, will I say, hiding. Or that was where God was. In Psalms 104, the Bible says here, Oh my God, thou art very great. You cover yourself with light as with a garment, and you stretch out the heavens like a curtain. You lay the beams of your chambers in the waters. You make the cloud your chariots. Hmm. Can you see how you're seeing now, all right, that the chariot of God that was called many, many angels is now called a cloud. What does that speak of? Clusters. Amen. You're going to see, I'm going to show you some more scriptures. Amen. You're going to see in the scriptures that there are these, um, there's a place where angels, they try to mimic the union, the unity of God, the oneness of God, and you find them into almost like 
transposing upon themselves. They, they go for oneness over individuality. So you see the angels walking as a flock. That's what the Bible says, you who dwells in the midst of the ship. Let, let's, let's look at that scripture real quick. We'll come back here. Amen. Psalms chapter 80. It's a beautiful song that was written for this, okay? Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you that leads Joseph like a flock. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who leads Joseph like a flock. You who dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. Bow, bow, bow. You who dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. I love that song. Yes, beautiful. I love that song. It's a song of, I, when I chant that song, if I want to ascend and I chant that song, I get high very, very quickly, very quickly. <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. Notice how he leads, yes, yeah, shine forth. That's right. They, they say the shepherd of Israel dwells between the cherubim. So that means the cherubim are like the sheep, right, of the shepherd of Israel. Now, he's a shepherd of Israel, but he does, that means cherubim, that means cherubim, they follow him around like sheep. Amen. What do you see about sheep? They go in flocks. Okay, let's show some more scriptures here. Still reading on. I just wanted to cut into that real quick. He makes the clouds his chariot. He walks upon the wings of the wind. Okay. And it goes on in verse 4 to now say, he makes his angel spirits. The Hebrew word for spirits is wind. So he basically saying here, who walks upon the wings of the spirits? But it's better to say, who walks upon the wings of the wind? Who makes his angel spirits, his ministers, a flame of fire? Hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's another verse I want to bring up. Psalms 118. Um, sorry, Psalms 18, not Psalms 118. This is concerning David's distress when he called out to the Lord. The earth shook and trembled, okay? And the foundation of the hills were moved. Then went up smoke out of his nostrils and environment fire out of his mouth. Holes were kindled by it. This is not a poem. This is what actually happened. <laughs> okay. David witnessed this, Amen. David saw a lot of scary things, beloved. This is not a good story. David saw this thing happen. Okay. He bowed the heavens also and came down and darkness was under his feet. Do you know what that darkness is? It wasn't just blackness, beloved. The Bible says he rode upon a cherub and he flew. Yes, he flew upon the wings of the wind. Do you see that? That is the thick darkness. That is the wind. Amen. Those are the cherubim. Amen. What am I trying to show us here? Amen. That cluster where God is. Amen. What am I saying all of these things? Let's, let's just, we're going to read and this, this right here, okay? He made darkness his secret place. Remember how we explained before that there were angels that came out of the north. And north means a hidden place, a place you cannot see. Or the secret place. Okay. That's the thick darkness where God is, right? All right. He made darkness or the cherubim, the midst of the cherubim, his secret place, his pavilion round about him was dark waters and thick clouds of the sky. Hallelujah. I can show you that um, these things are entities by showing you a portion of scripture. Um, let's start from verse... Um, 
Ezekiel, sorry, Isaiah chapter 14 from verse 13. Concerning Lucifer. Lucifer said in his heart, I will ascend into heaven. Okay. So he breaks his, his idea is to break into heaven. Okay. And en route, amen. Because the heaven he's speaking about here is not just the heaven where the angels are, but the bosom of the Father where Jesus Christ was. Okay. I will is. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. So that's the first layer. These stars of God are not twinkle, twinkle, little stars, beloved. Amen. These stars of God are not twinkle, twinkle, little stars. These stars of God are entities. Amen. Okay. I will ascend above the height of, sorry, I would sit upon the mountain of the congregation in the sides of the north. That mountain is not a mountain, beloved. That mountain is a cluster. Amen. A community. It's actually a city of angels. Amen. The Bible says Zion. It's Mount Zion, the sides of the north, the city of the great king. Mount Zion, the sides of the north. You see that? I will sit upon the Mount of Congregation in the sides of the north. Amen. So what does that speak of? Multitudes. Amen. Clouds, basically. Amen. But we're not yet at clouds. Amen. Until we get to the last layer. Okay. So we have the mountain of congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. That thing there called the clouds, beloved, that is not the fluffy cloud. Amen. I'm sure we know this, right? The Bible says we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. It's not fluff, fluff, fluff. The cloud of witnesses are people. These clouds here are entities. Why am I saying all of these things? All of these things you call these furniture items here, amen? They are angels of God currently fulfilling their purpose right now in the heavenlies, amen? Whenever someone who is meant to be a member of a candlestick family begins to seek God, those angels are coming straight for that person. What did I say? Whenever a believer begins to engage in the seven feasts, they get born again. What begins to happen? These angels are sent. Why? Because this person is a member of what should be a candlestick family. Amen? Now, the reason why these angels are coming down is because in that person's blood, there are specific genes that give access. That's called for specific angels. Please listen very, very closely. There are what? Specific genes that call for specific angels. How do I know this? Why is it that um, this dude, um, Ishmael, should have died in the wilderness, but then an angel appeared to his mother? Because of the family that Ishmael was a part of. Ishmael came from the loins of Abraham. Is everyone listening? Before he was given birth to, Abraham had walked with God. Is everyone listening? So because of that, there was a progress, amen, in his genetics. Hallelujah. Because God's decree to him was walk that before me and be blameless. That means cleanse your bloodline. Amen. Unfortunately, he would have given it to children by the time he finished that walk. That's why you see the second generation, Jacob, the line that he was doing to Pharaoh, his son did it as well. And then his grandson became supplanter. Hallelujah. Being caked. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, but I hope everyone understands, right? There are specific genes that call for specific people. Specific angelic entities. So let me ask you a question. 
wouldn't it be very interesting if these people, just like how Adam was kind of farming with his children, I'm using the word farming, not because human beings are beasts, but because in the multitude of these children, you would see that there was a process where Adam would be looking at each child, trying to find out what their destiny is and helping them cultivate those unique things on the inside of them that can bring about what? A reinstatement of where they were at before in Eden. Is everyone understanding what I'm saying? Please, if you do not understand what I am saying, let me know. I need to make sure I can move forward. So I am assuming that everyone understands what I'm saying. Can I assume that? Hey, these people have come for us. A fairly good assumption. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank you, Ifyok. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna believe that Ifyok represents everyone here. Okay. <laughs> so you can assume this. Amen. Hallelujah. So just as you see this with Adam, he's looking around, trying to cultivate all of these genes. I see this young boy. This boy could be a candlestick. Let me help him. Ah, this one here, brazen altar. Let me help him. Ah, this one, all of his children, they all look like, they, they, they all look like altar of incense. I can also incense family. My son, go like this, amen? And by the time he's able to help them all fulfill, amen, come to the fullness, seal up the sum of those unique tribes, then they can now break back into Eden. Now imagine if we had another kind of Adam, a black Adam, not black as in ethnicity, black as in evil, <laughs> a dark Adam, amen, whose desire, amen, is to download not angels of God though, that correspond to heavenly genes, but evil spirits, that correspond to bastardized genes. What if some people are interested in unlocking some things that have not been seen on the earth before? Who understands what I'm saying? I'm just trying to give you, for example, now, a premise here that many of the decisions that are being made concerning humanity, amen, at, at large, are not being made in ignorance. Some layers of, you know, some hierarchies, people in different levels of the hierarchy. It might be kind of innocent to some degree, ignorance of the grand scheme of things, amen. But make no mistake, beloved, humanity, our current civilization, am I saying yes, yes, amen, is being taken on a journey. What they are trying to do is tamper with human genes because they understand the power of inheritance. They want to tamper with human genes so that we can download some evil spirits. of black people that's why i'm taking away all of the natural food and and i'm giving them all of these substitutions <laughs> not just you if you're not just you <laughs> amen um, every, i'm hoping everyone is represented as well amen hallelujah and and uh, what if um 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 
the the Asian community. I, I'm just trying to give you some premises here for some things that are happening that we think are unrelated. Amen. The different agendas that are at play. Why is there so much force behind some things? Hallelujah. For us, we think, amen, that what's at play is just people looking for money. Well, some people have to veto some things that happen. Some people have to make some decisions. We have to give some approvals for some things. And in a large scheme of things, it is possible that they are the ones receiving the ideas and they have some people that are going to make money. Some other people are dark priests who have an agenda to fulfill on the earth. What is that agenda? The same one you see in Genesis chapter 11. Let us build a civilization, a community, a city, a tower, a tabernacle. And again, tabernacles are not buildings. Cities are not buildings. Cities are people. Cities are families where each family, each, each, each community, amen, is meant to bring forth a specific kind of functionality. What if they want to bastardize humanity so that, I'm saying what if, <laughs> I think that's not what's happening. <laughs> what if they want to bastardize humanity so that all kinds of vile monsters will come down? Have you heard about, um, is this Scarlett Johansson? I think Scarlett Johansson. Who's this woman? The one I know for sure is this lady. Um, 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 come on, Will Smith's wife. When her, her mother was speaking, when she, a mother, she and her mother were talking to each other and they were talking about sexuality and different things or whatever. Now, in your mind, you hear them talk about these things that openly. If they are that unafraid and unashamed to talk about these things openly, you can imagine what they talk about in secret. Hallelujah. It's different understanding. I'm just trying to show you a picture here where some of the things that are happening, they're meant to tamper with human bloodlines, human genealogies, because we're actually meant to represent some things. Amen? Now, when humanity is not able to represent those things in God, they are going to bring forth, amen, download, release, amen, creatures bound by rivers that have been reserved for specific times, for specific years, for specific months, for specific days, for specific hours. Beloved, in every generation, Christ will be represented in every generation, the tabernacle is being erected. But the tabernacle of God is not the only thing being built. So is the tabernacle of Satan. Let me show this to us with one more po um, point of scripture. Ezekiel chapter 28. Hallelujah. The word Lord came unto me saying, son of man, say unto the prince of Tyre, thus says the Lord God, because thine heart is lifted up and thou hast said, I am a God. I sit in the seats of God in the midst of the seas, yet thou art a man. Yes, and not God. Thou, though thou hast set thine heart to the heart of God, behold, you are wiser than Daniel. There is no secret that they can hide from you with your wisdom and with your understanding. You have gotten for yourself riches. You've gotten for yourself gold and silver into your treasuries. By your great wisdom and by your traffic, you have increased your riches and your heart is lifted up because of your riches. Therefore, as thus says the Lord God, because you have set your heart as the hearts of God, behold, therefore, I will bring strangers upon thee and the terrible of the nations, and they shall draw their swords against the beauty of thy wisdom, and they shall defile thy brightness. They shall bring thee down to the pit 
and thou shalt die the deaths of them that are slain in the midst of the seas. Will thou yet say before him that slayeth thee, I am God, but thou shalt be a man, and no God in the hand of him that slays thee. Thou shalt die the deaths of the uncircumcised by the hands of strangers, for I have spoken it, says the Lord. Hmm. Hallelujah. Now, when you read this, amen, if you are a student of scripture, you will know that this person here, being reference to, first of all, is a figure in human history. Amen. Hallelujah. There was a there was a man that um, Ezekiel wrote his lamentation directly to. Amen. But I want to encourage you to see something. Amen. The entity, amen, that was referenced in this portion of scripture, amen, was not just human. It was a spiritual entity. And I'm just going to show this to us very quickly. Amen. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, let's start from verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless uh, there come a falling away first. The falling away is speaking of backsliding. This is not speaking about rapture. I've heard a, a, a prophet of God I really respect say that this is the rapture. This is not the rapture. The Greek word used there is literally apostasy. And I can show that to you right now by just changing translations, right? Let me see that as visible here. Okay, so it says um, falling away. Let's look at the NLT. If you change translations, you would see, aha, for that day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God. The Greek word used there, um, I believe it speaks about apostasy, okay? And a man of sin is revealed. Apostasy cannot be used, it has nothing to do with rapture. <laughs> I, just, I can just assure you. I can assure you this has nothing to do with rapture, okay? <laughs> Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Let me say something that would help, Amen. When you hear us in the K, we say some things, and it sounds like we're defying the words of great men of God in times past. You need to look in context at when these great men of God came into the understanding of these points of scriptures that they did. Many of them, they came to the understanding of scriptures that they knew decades ago, before things like the internet, before we had things. All right, now I have a lexicon, Greek, Hebrew, I have cross-references, I, I have a library that I can look at how fast I can look at what the Greek word for all these things are. That's it. It's right there. They don't have access to these tools. At the very best, they had access to maybe some strong concordances. But who on earth has the time to dig in? Do you want to become a college professor? Who is funding your research when you have a family and food to feed? And there's souls that need to be saved. Who understands what I'm saying? So because of that, there was a focus not on necessarily the depth of scripture per se. What exactly is the scripture saying like that? Especially when people had, um, 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 yes, the limitation of not being exposed to enough, amen, of other faculties, right? Because God dwells in a thick darkness when there is a coming together, right, of all of these, all of these things, all of these genes, right? Where do you see Jesus, amen, in the midst of the seven golden candlestick? Where's the tree of life? In the midst of the garden of God, amen? Where does Jesus Christ stay? In the midst of the throne room, midst of the 24 elders, midst of the four living creatures, on Mount Zion, in the midst of the 144,000. Amen. What I'm saying there is that God is most clearly seen in the middle. Amen. You by yourself are not God. Yes, you have the fullness of God inside of you, but I can assure you, you know you are not God. Amen. God is the one that is found when we come together 
unto the Lord shall the gathering together of his people be. What am I saying? For millennia, beloved, the church has been heavily fragmented by what we refer to as the current, you know, Roman Catholic system. It's not talking about God, it's satanic, amen? And because of that, I'm not talking about people who are genuine believers who are Catholic, I'm talking about the system. The church structure right now is satanic. It's designed to make sure you never access God. That's the reason why we can talk here and there is not, there might, there is this sense of the man of God is talking. Let us hear what he has to say. As compared to someone is teaching me how to get better at what I am doing. Does that make sense? Or showing me a path to be more efficient in what I am practicing. Well, when we don't come to church as practitioners looking for refinement in our craftsmanship. We come to church like moviegoers coming to be entertained. That is satanic. That structure is in everyone's heart and it has to be shattered by a lot of intentional smashing down of things. We have successfully transferred that thing from generation to generation. <laughs> Hallelujah. So why am I saying all these things? So that if I'm talking and what I am saying, it seems like your, your pastor, your prophet, your man of God disagrees with me. That's fine that he disagrees. I mean, he has his own walk with God. He might later on see that what he's saying is wrong. Maybe I will. I'm, I'm not saying I'm right in everything I'm saying. My point is that I can assure you that many of the things that we're looking at here, okay, there is a lot more light available now. So we're able to see a lot more clearly. And we're not just seeing a lot more clearly. We're actually going back to the Bible and rereading everything with the current light. Not assuming that we know what the Bible is saying, but going back and going step by step. If this thing is not true, then what is this? Does that make sense? And not be lazy and just throwing it off. No, we'll write it down, leave it there, and meditate and engage for months until it breaks open. Amen? So that we won't just be assuming we know what the Bible is saying. The only time we can read scripture and think we know what the Bible is saying. Even as I finish looking through this now, I can pull out a few things I know from, from what the Lord has shown me, but I know the need of what has been communicated here, amen, is going to come after many, many, many um, um, progressive unveilings by the Spirit of God. And as more strongholds are broken off of me, and as I continue to practice this Christian life even more, I find more refinement and more light in the things I'm seeing. Y'all get the idea. Let me keep this going because we are out of time, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Unless the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, we call him the Antichrist, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Are you seeing the DNA of the Antichrist was first shown to us where? In the Prince of Tyre. You see, satanic entities, you see it in movies nowadays. This movie that came out recently, The Black Adam. This guy was a descendant of a monarch, a, a demon king from years ago. He was beaten by a specific entity. That entity resurfaced as well as this guy who was a descendant. And all he wanted to do was to get revenge because of his ancestors. It plays out in the Bible. You know Queen Esther, you know Haman, you know Mordecai, you know King Saul. You know, Agag, there is a, a story of bloodlines that is littered all throughout the scriptures. Amalek, yes, exactly. My bad. Is that Agag? Yeah, anyway, whatever. He's king of Amalek, yes. Amen. <sighs> Hallelujah. 
Amen. I hope you're seeing how important heritage is. Whether you like it or not, you can dismiss everything we are saying. It is happening right now. Go on CNN. Amen. You would see the foolishness, how gullible humanity and many of us are. Amen. That we believe these guys for so long, how it has been going on and on and on. Thank God for people like Donald Trump that expose some things. Amen. So that the church is now seeing that Jesus Christ, the evil is everywhere. Amen. And now we can, there's very little excuse left to be naive. Amen. About what is happening on the earth. You have to be so foolish as in the foolishness has to be. It's Bible says superfluity of naughtiness as an overflow. It must be overflowing with foolishness right now to be seeing what's happening in the world. And you cannot see that there's evil. There is something wrong with your own discernment. You don't need discernment to see what is happening now. You get what I'm saying? This is even you, people in the world, conservatives who are not believers, they can't tell that this foolishness that's taking place on the earth right now. And they're asking serious questions. How much more you believe are the child of God? What am I saying here? Heritage, bloodlines, they are on the table right now. There are, there are feasts of different bloodlines, different families being set out. There is the feast of Babylon. There is the feast of Pentecost. There is the feast of Persia. There is the feast of first fruits. Amen. All of these things are being set out with a climate as the feast of Antichrist and the feast of tabernacles. Beloved, if you are not partaking of one, you are partaking of the other. Now, let me phrase it like this. If you are not partaking of the feast of the Lord, you are partaking of the feast of this world. If you like, do this. It's not, it's not by doing this. This is not how you partake of the feast of God. Hey, God forbid, I will not partake of the feast of this world. You can do this all you want. But if you are not actively digesting God, it doesn't matter how many times you do this. This is not the gesture that frees you from the influence of this world. It doesn't matter how much you snap. Even like call Jesus' name. You can call Jesus' name. Amen? And yet, even your prayer points are being influenced by what you have eaten. Beloved child of God, take heritage very seriously. Inheritance is loud. Bloodlines, they speak. This is why the Bible makes explicit reference, amen, that the spirits of God, primary purpose in our lives is to expose to us our genealogy. The Bible says the spirits of God bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. I am God's child. Hallelujah. The seven feasts of God. Amen. What they are are seven meals of the Holy Spirit that are meant to bring you into the witness. Amen. Of who you are in Christ Jesus, of your new genealogy, of your new ancestry. Hook you up as a candlestick. Connect you. Hallelujah. Connect you. Hallelujah. As the Ark of the Covenant. Ignite you as the altar of incense. Thank you, Jesus. Equip you as a table of shoe bread. We are meant to have these functionalities on the inside of us, all of them, but the unique ones that we're meant to give, give expression to. Amen. The seven feasts of God. <sighs> Hallelujah. I want to thank you all so much for joining us. I hope this has been a blessing to you. Amen. This is word for now. Hallelujah. We've been on this journey 
from um, our Watchmen Prophetic Conference, Christ the Blueprint of Future Ages for a while. And this trajectory we've been on is with the hopes of breaking into what the Lord gave to us. A major thing the Lord gave to us during this time was this incredible prophetic word that we in seven years are meant to experience a season of plenty where we break into, amen, the witnesses of Kenneth Hagin, Moses, and John, John the Baptist. Hallelujah. I want to invite you to our prayer shirt that starts tomorrow. Hallelujah. Kicks off at 4 p.m. with Melchizedek School, and it continues on to PHB on Saturday. Amen. It's going to be an explosive time. We expect a festival to break out during PHB. Amen. We are going to go through several prayer postures, several of them. Amen with the hope of breaking different strongholds in our hearts and our minds. A major one we're going to be engaging is the place of intercession, where we learn the art of intercession. We're going to really give ourselves, amen, to praying for the young people that will be coming for the Immersion Teen and Youth Conference. We are going to pray, beloved. We are going to pray. Come expecting to be broken, amen. I'm talking about coming for the prayer stretch. And come expecting to get messed up for the, for the Immersion too. <laughs> God is messing up everyone, amen messing up with that nonsense the enemy has been doing hallelujah i want to thank you all so much for joining us beloved this is word for now pastor francis Hebert sends love and his greetings amen um we have tomorrow melchizedek school i already mentioned about that, that um during the prayer stretch announcement and we will not be having open book study because of what we're doing um but on saturday we will be having phb amen so please make yourself available of course our watches every day from um, um, 6 a.m. in the mornings, amen, with the morning watch um, to 7 a.m. and then our prayers for Nigeria. And then our last official watch is from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. We're going to be adding in, oh, Mama told me to announce this, create the graphic for this, I'm so sorry. Yeah, strong meat, hallelujah, yay. Um, um, the prayers for the immersion, the prayer stretch. We're gonna be having vigils, I forgot to announce that. I don't have the graphic here, I'm so sorry vigils every friday for the immersion hallelujah so we are hoping to see everyone as much as many people as you as can join us um you want to be there in person amen thank you so much for joining us beloved jesus loves you have a good night